Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Oh, this is going to be good. I'm Michelle Majuk. And I'm Kate Majuk. And we're married. To each other. And this is the Ball Blast NFL Podcast. Each episode, we will feature the latest top news in the NFL and what it means for fantasy football, sports betting, and you, the NFL fan. Ayo! Hey, welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Kate Majuk, who does one gazillion jobs, writes for the Steelers, writes fantasy for PFF and Yahoo. Uh, You're a busy girl. Yeah. Can't avoid me. Nope. We have a jam-packed episode today as we get into the third week of the NFL season. We've learned a lot over the first two weeks, but again, before we dig into everything, we don't want people to overreact too much. I just wanted to refresh your memory here a little bit through two weeks of the 2022 season, Josh Jacobs and Derek Henry were sitting at running back 33 and running back 37 and fantasy points scored. CeeDee lamb was at wide receiver 48 and Justin Fields was at quarterback 26. All of those guys finished in the top six at their position by the end of the year. So things will change. Not everything has been decided. So just take a deep breath still if your guys are underperforming a little bit. You don't have to give up on them just yet. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Unless they also sucked last year. And then you can move on. (laughs) Like talking about Kyle Pitts here, which we'll talk about Um, later. But like in the case of like, you know, a Zach Moss or somebody you've been holding out hope on for a really long time, you can celebrate. Well, it that. took you a whole like five seconds to bring up Zach Moss. That's huh? all I came here for. That's why I'm here. So we're going to get into quarterback, running back, wide receiver and tight end rankings and, and talk about the the biggest storylines in those groups. But I will say you owe me two big gulps of your drink because I won both bets last week. I think that's the first time I've ever been 2-0 and against you from our bets on the pod. But I had that Gabe Davis would score more than Rashid Shahid. And I said George Pickens would score more than Garrett Wilson. You lost both. I'm going to say this has been like a brutal start to my season uh, just in terms of overall predictions. I did rank, I think, like top 60 in overall fantasy rankings for week two. So um, not everything was that bad, but it feels like everything's been pretty bad. I, I made top 60 uh, out of what? People don't know what you're talking about. Oh, and, and fantasy pros expert consensus mm-hmm. rankings. Um, so I was in the top 60 mo- most accurate uh, fantasy Among experts. how many? 61? No, that's so kidding. mean. I it's know, like, like it's out of like three hundred like people. Yeah. people. I was just kidding, but people don't know that, so you have to say sixty. Well, out help of me out, host. I was fifty second out of whatever, so I'll take that. But we want to get higher, so we're gonna try even harder this week to be more accurate. Can and you take after my research? Me I'm feeling higher. good. All right, so let's just jump into these quarterback rankings. Right away, we obviously have Patrick Mahomes, and I have Justin Herbert, super high, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. Those aren't questions, right? You're playing them. But 
Kirk Cousins, your quarterback three this week, which he's my quarterback eight. I really like Kirk Cousins quite a lot. Uh, he gets the Chargers, and I'm probably too low on him. You may be a little high, Maybe. but tell me why he's ranked as your quarterback three. I love Kirk Cousins this week. It Just FYI, he is the overall QB one on the season so far, which is insane. He is the only quarterback in the league to have top five finishes in each of his two weeks so far. Obviously, things can change, but this is a really great matchup. Over-under for this game is at 54 points. It's the highest point total, projected point total of the week. Um, ranks second in the league, Kirk Cousins has, in uh, passing yards, third in pass yards per attempt, six touchdowns, one interception. Like, just, he's balling. He's he's throwing super well. He's playing good football. And now you get the Chargers defense, who, I, I don't know if you saw it, to a tug of Iloa, uh, just demolish absolutely them. demolish and eat these quarterbacks for breakfast. Like this, this secondary is absolutely struggling in coverage. Um, Kirk Cousins obviously has the best wide receiver in the league. He's got a lot of talent in Jordan Addison, rookie wide receiver. Yeah, we'll Titan, be talking about him later. TJ, yeah, well, TJ Hawkinson. Like, there's so many well, you didn't weapons. Even bring up Justin Jefferson, his. Uh... The best wide receiver. I said he has the best wide receiver oh, in the league. I got you. I will say, even Ryan Tannehill last week, like his stat line didn't look insane, but he did average an absurd 10.3 passing yards per attempt against the Chargers defense last week. Like if they're going to let Ryan Tannehill do that, this Vikings offense should just eat them up. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you that I love Kirk Cousins this week. Maybe I'll move him up after our talk. We both agreed to a, well, you know, make a comeback, a bounce back week this week after struggling against the Patriots. In we kind of saw that coming. Yeah, in New England, that was an easy call that it wasn't going to be a great week for him. But now he gets to go up against the Broncos, who have really struggled on defense. So I expect him to have another big week. We also really like Jared Goff again for back-to-back week. So I have him as my quarterback seven. You have him at quarterback eight. He's home. And that could be the end of our discussion. Like <laughs> Jared Goff gets to play at home against the Falcons. So anytime he's at home and it's not a terrible matchup, I want to play him. No quarterback has thrown more touchdowns than Jared Goff at home since the start of last season. He's recorded more than 20 fantasy points in each of his last four games at home. Listen, the Falcons just let Jordan Love throw three touchdowns on them. I, I'm all in on Jared Goff. So I do have Jared Goff one spot ahead of Kirk Cousins. But if I really had to decide between the two, I don't. I may I may flip that and have Kirk Cousins one spot ahead of Goff. I just think Kirk Cousins has a safer floor. Yeah. I, I think the ceiling for both is. And he has better weapons, right, all around. Amon Ross St. Brown's great, but he's also dealing with a toe injury. Yep. That could either hopefully not keep him out because then I'm going to be moving down Jared Goff just a little bit. And I also think the Atlanta Falcons defense, yes, they allowed three passing touchdowns to Jordan Love. I do think they're a little bit better than we're probably giving him, giving them credit for. Yeah. Um, but again, Jared Goff at home trumps all things. The ro- home road splits are just freaking ridiculous. QB 19 in week one against the Chiefs. QB five in week two at home against the Seahawks. Like that's exactly what we expected this year. Um, they that Jared Goff at home. You play him. Yep. I have I have Russell Wilson as my quarterback nine. This week, you're not as bullish. You have him all the way down at quarterback 15. The reason I really like him is because I expect this to be a, a high scoring game against the Dolphins. Well, I expect the Dolphins to put up a lot of points, right? 
And then I think Russell Wilson is going to have to pass a lot. There's going to be a lot of garbage time points coming from Russell Wilson, a lot like there were last week. Like, no, he might not put up the Hail Mary there at the end of the game, but he still had a good uh, fantasy day outside of that Hail Mary pass. So I that was an insane play, by the way, that really was. Not by Russell Wilson, just like the just the way the it, logistics oh, yeah. of it all was just a yeah, like it you know pops up, um, then you know on the second chance for that catch, like it, it if anybody hasn't seen the the hail mary from Russell Wilson in week two, you got to go watch it. But uh, Justin Herbert had twenty one points against the Dolphins week one. Mac Jones didn't end up putting together a great fantasy performance, but completed seventy four of his passes. And if they would have just gave that stupid first down. To uh, uh, Cole Strange, or the big lineman, then maybe we could have saw Mac Jones score another touchdown. Also uh, an insane play, by the way, if yeah, anybody there, hasn't seen that. Yeah, there is a, a lot of insane plays this week. So I really like Russell Wilson this week. It's not because I think he's going to look amazing. I just think he's going to put up fantasy points. And we'll talk about Jerry Judy in a little bit, but I expect him to play more snaps in this game. And he's clearly Russell Wilson's favorite target. Uh, so I think this just makes Russell Wilson uh, a viable play all around. I think it's a fine matchup, and let me tell you why I have Russell Wilson at QB 15. I'm just, like, expecting him to come back down to earth. I think there's something weird. Come back down to earth from what? It's not like he's looked good. He hasn't looked good, but he, he's been fine for fantasy. I just think he's going to regress back to the mean. I think he had, what, a top five week last week? Is that is that accurate? I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah, top three, top three quarterbacks scored 26.9 fantasy points. In week two, I'm expecting him to just like regress a little bit. I, I, there's some, it's not even matchup based. Like, this is a pure vibes take, and you can take it for what it, for what it is. I don't like the, the feelings surrounding the Denver Broncos. There's more news coming out that like there's continued sort of tension between Russell Wilson, Sean Payton that, you know, there's some blame there on Russell Wilson that they're, you know, for all of their, like, I I just don't like this situation. I don't think that's a very conducive environment for productivity and success. And that's my stupid take. With fantasy football, I just want fantasy points and I don't care. There's a lot of quarterbacks dealing with rough issues right now. Like, what do we do with Justin Fields? So, I still have him ranked at quarterback 10. You have him ranked at quarterback 10. So we are in agreement there. Do we have him too high? Do we have him too low? I don't know. Like, I don't know if we're being too bullish or too low on him. Because this is the thing. He gets to go up against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, through two weeks, have been a pretty good defense. I mean, they didn't allow Jerry Goff to do all too much. Um, And then they shut down the Jaguars' offense. You would think that there's going to be a lot of garbage time in this game for Justin Fields to score more points. It all comes down to do the Bears start to run the ball because they're not running the ball at all this year. That's been the issue. So where they found so much success last year was in designed runs for Justin Fields. Averaged almost five designed runs per game. He's had five over the last two weeks total. That's not – that's forcing – Justin Fields to be something he's not, but also which they're is not even running the ball with their running back. So you're not opening up anything. I mean, they were dominating on the ground last that's year. Literally, not just with, they're not just with fields with their running backs. And now all of a sudden they're averaging like 22 carries a game instead of the 30 plus they were last year. If they go back to running the ball, then Justin Fields will be a, a really good fantasy quarterback. 
again. But, you know, they they lost a lot of games last year, so I get that they're trying to try something else out and need to throw the ball more, but clearly that's not winning you games either. That's not right. You were at least putting up a ton of points last year. I mean, you weren't really losing because your offense last year. You're putting up a lot of points. Your defense was just so bad. Your defense is still so bad, but now you're not putting up any points. So now you're just bad everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So, like, for as much running as this offense did last year, Justin Fields tied for the ninth most dropbacks among quarterbacks. Like, it just shows like you. So far this year. So far this year. Um, it, it's There's just no emphasis on the run. And I think for a team that that was kind of like their one bright spot, you're forcing something that's not – not necessarily there in trying to make Justin Fields a pocket passer. He is not a pocket passer at this point. Um, you know, I I've kind of voiced all along. I, I really liked the addition of DJ Moore for Justin Fields. But my biggest question heading into this season was, is DJ Moore good enough to make up for the inadequacies of Justin Fields and, and elevate those inadequacies? I wasn't sure. And I think we're, Kind of seeing to this point, maybe maybe the answer is just no. For Joe Burrow, another Oof. question mark. I have him all the way down at quarterback 17 this week. You have him. Where do you have Joe Burrow? Do you even have him in your top 20? Uh, oh, yeah, I do. Quarterback 14. This is the thing with Joe Burrow. How healthy is he? He's not. He re-aggravated his calf injury you know we're not going to really have too many updates I don't think before the game like I feel like it'll be a game time decision he doesn't play till Monday night the last game of the night because there's two Monday night games they're the last one you can't play Joe Burrow this week I know and he could go off he could obviously he's Joe Burrow but I think I'm fine with that like if I put him on my bench and he goes off okay then you have your Joe Burrow for the rest of the year but you cannot lose a third straight game in fantasy or maybe you got lucky winning without him because you keep playing an injured Joe Burrow that there's just no rhythm in this offense right now. And also like they they're playing the Rams and somehow this Rams young defense has played pretty well overall. Uh, they've only allowed one total passing touchdown this year. Uh, I thought this Rams defense was going to be like one you try to target yeah, for fantasy same. every single week. And they're showing up. I like I, bo- on both sides of the ball though, for the Rams, like, I thought this was supposed to be the worst team in the league on paper. And they're actually playing pretty darn well. Like they're exceeding all expectations on both sides of the ball. But yeah, I don't think this is like based on what we've seen through two weeks. I don't think this is a plus matchup at this point. No, I don't think so either. So I think you need a uh, bench burrow this week, unfortunately. And then one other guy I want to hit on before we move into our running backs, it's Jordan love. So right now, Jordan love is the quarterback two or quarterback three, depending on your scoring format and fantasy. It's because he's had three passing touchdowns, each of his two games. So, but this week we're both lower on him. Uh, Quarterback 15 and quarterback 18. It has been a super hot start, although it's not really due to his passing yards, right? It's just the the touchdown percentage is insane for him. I mean, 27 pass attempts, 25 pass attempts over the two games. He has a super low completion percentage, 55.8. And it's because I, I saw his accuracy rate was like towards the bottom among all quarterbacks 
through two weeks. So, so it's not like he's playing particularly amazing. He's just, he's getting it done. He's feeding the ball to his playmakers. He's doing what he's asked, right? And I do think he's a viable fantasy option, like in the future, like in certain games, certain matchups. He's a streamer. Yeah, he's I just a don't stream think, quarterback. I don't think in against the Saints, that's the week to play. No, uh, Saints in week three, they've had seven sacks through two weeks, uh, second fewest missed tackles among NFL defenses. Like, I not. I'm not looking to to target this. He did play Bryce. I mean, the Saints played Bryce Young and Ryan Tannehill, so it's that's fine. That's fine. It's hard to look at their defense and be like, "Ooh, like you've been great." Sometimes they show up and sometimes they don't. Talking about the Saints defense, but I just don't feel like you need to risk it this week with Jordan Love. Yeah, if you need to, like Jordan Love or Joe Burrow. Ugh, I guess Jordan Love. Yeah, unfortunately, at least you know, like he's gonna play. Yeah. Barring some knock on wood, some insane sort of expectations here. Let's move into our running back rankings. So, you know, we have Christian McCaffrey and Tony Pollard and Bijan Robinson towards the top here. Of course, Derek Henry. Those are guys. Every classics. Week, no question mark. And there's not many of those guys left in the league where it's just like every week you're plugging them in. But I do think the CMC, Bijan, Pollard and Henry, those are your five guys we have right now where we feel very confident about. But both of us have Travis Etienne sitting at our running back four this mm-hmm. week in fantasy. So he gets the Texans. He yeah. had a down week in week two against the Chiefs, but the Jaguars entire offense did. Right. I and- think the Chiefs defense is also better than we might have projected. You had return to Chris Jones. That helps. I, I don't think that was a, a great matchup for Etienne, but you know who is? The Houston Texans. Oh, yeah. No team is allowed more rushing yards, scrimmage yards, touchdowns, or fantasy points to running backs than the Texans over the last two years. I mean, and we and it's not like it's gotten any better this year. In week one, they allowed Justice Hill and J.K. Dobbins to combine for three rushing touchdowns. In week two, they let Zach Moss go off for 107 yards and a touchdown. So, like, this matchup is just so juicy for him. He actually just played – I say just. He played the Texans <laughs> at the end of last year. They're in the same division, so – but week 17 of last year, ETN put up 140 yards and scored a touchdown, and he only played in the first half of the game because their starters <laughs> rested the second half of the game with the big week 18 game that meant way more. So in one half of a game, he put up a monster, monster week of 140 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I I think that this is, this is the go-to spot, right? Like, I, I do think that Houston's – you know, overall rushing defense has a chance to be better than it was last season. But so far, teams are just still forcing the run and it's working. And there, I, there's no reason not to like Travis Etienne. I think that this is this is a particularly good spot given the strength that the Houston secondary has, which I think is yeah. And all that worry about Etienne sharing a backfield. I don't know. No, I don't know where that, I, I don't know what all that noise was during the off season. I mean, I, I know a lot of it came from the coaching staff really hyping up the other running backs, but it's been Etienne and Etienne only uh, in this backfield. So love him this week. Uh, and then we got to talk about Kyron Williams. You mean the overall RB one in week two? Yes. Uh, <laughs> that was Absolutely crazy. Like, wow. Wow. I don't really understand, right? Because it was against the 49ers. 
And I mean, all of a sudden, Cam Akers was inactive. So you knew he was going to get a healthy scratch. Yeah, a healthy scratch, which is now he's been traded to the Vikings. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But like Kyron Williams got all the running back snaps. Like uh, he barely ever came off the field. Played 95% of offensive snaps. That's insane. And I think which, what makes me feel better about him on a week to week basis is that not only did he get all the running back carries and they, he only got 14 carries. They're going up against the 49ers defense. You don't run a whole lot against them. Right. But 14 carries, he did a pretty solid job on them, especially going up the 49ers and scored a touchdown on the ground. But then he had 10 targets. That's what's crazy. Targets in the game. So let's say Joe Burrow does play because the Rams play against the Bengals this week. Let's say Joe Burrow does play. Let's say the Bengals take a lead. I'm not worried about it with Kyron Williams because that just means he's going to get targets and he's going to stay on the field. So I think Kyron Williams every week at this point has to be a top 10 play. Like just get him into your lineup. Yeah, at 20 touches, 100 yards, two touchdowns. One of those actually came as a receiving touchdown, which you love to see especially on the back of all of those receptions. Saw all of the running back carries, like, just pretty much throughout the game, but uh, didn't lose any carries in the red zone, got the team's only carry inside the five. You love, love, love that usage, and I think there's just such a big tear break between Kyron Williams and the rest of the running backs on that depth chart. You love to see that Cam Akers is not even a part of the picture anymore. Like, they saw Cam Akers in week one, and they were like, you're done. You're done. You're done. Like that was enough for them. And apparently it's the Kyron Williams train from yeah. here on out. But yeah, top 10 play pretty much every week. We both think, uh, you know, Kenneth Walker continues to be a great play. He has a nice matchup against the Panthers. Have him ranked high for both of us. Joe Mixon, you're plugging in. Josh Jacobs. So I have him as my running back eight, which I think that's nice with how much he's struggled the last two weeks, right? Like I'm trusting that he's going to get back on track and he'll have a solid game against the Steelers. You have him as your running back three. Yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers allowing a league high number of rushing yards through two weeks. And I know like they've had a couple of, of, well, CMC and Jerome Ford. Well, uh, Chubb had a lot. Of Chubb yards. had a lot, but Jerome Ford absolutely ate this defense apart. And I do think but a he big. Didn't. He just he had, had a big break. Yeah, and the Steelers didn't tackle, which is on the Steelers. I guess. Which but, again, that's a pro- that's a problem with the Steelers yeah. defense. Like, um, I I do think that the run game is the biggest liability for the Steelers defense at this point. Um, you know, there's a lot of injuries too right now in the Steelers defense. You have, um, you know. Cam Hayward on IR, best run defender. And I, I think you saw those big plays given up because you don't have that anchor on the defensive line. Um, TBD on, on sort of who steps up in that mix. But I do think that, I mean, Josh Jacobs, his usage has been there. It's not like he's like losing snaps. He's getting, he's getting touches. Saw plenty of targets in week two, which you love to see that because we've been begging for this man to see literally any targets for most of his career and he's finally getting involved as a receiver when they they shut him down in the run game so seeing that kind of versatility and and knowing that this is a plus matchup I I'm all in on Josh Jacobs I think this is going to be a huge bounce back week yeah I think he'll have a a nice week he's done I mean you're gonna play him right if you have him you're playing him Jameer Gibbs was drafted early in your fantasy drafts and so far through two weeks he hasn't been helping you very much 
Now we thought, you know, rookies can start slow. They can. And it has happened slowly with Gibbs. He's only played 30, just over 35% of snaps so far this season. Despite saying they were going to make a new position for him because the usage was going to be so crazy. That's like the worst thing you ever want to hear is the new. The new position is on the bench. But now we have David Montgomery out with an injury. You would think just for at least this week. I have him. I have Gibbs ranked as my running back nine. You have him as your running back 11 this week. I do think like if they really start to utilize a different running back with David Montgomery out instead of plugging in Gibbs more when you spent a 12th overall pick on this man and you were like crying in the in the draft room you almost in broke the, the war table. room because you got him. You're just so excited that you got a running back at the 12th overall pick like and then you don't utilize him when your other running back is hurt. I I don't understand. So here's the thing, though. So David Montgomery, he's been utilized pretty heavily when he was in the game. Now that he's out, um, once he was out for the fourth quarter and into overtime, that's when he suffered his injury. Craig Reynolds was actually splitting snaps fairly evenly with Jameer it's Gibbs. Obnoxious. He saw it's obnoxious. I agree, it's totally obnoxious, but. In the fourth quarter through overtime, Reynolds saw four touches, which equal to Jameer Gibbs, received all first and second down rush attempts in that time span. Like, they kind based on this very limited sample size, they kind of just took out David Montgomery and replaced him with Craig Reynolds, which is is insane. Well, Um, I'm going to trust this Lions staff to make the correct adjustments this week. And that's I think I think that's fine. That's the only reason why I'm like a little bit more tepid. But like the upside is so high. You have to imagine that like give him a little like even if you give him a few more carries, a few more carries, he's going to probably break off 20 yards on each of them. And yeah, he just needs more. He needs more snaps, like keep him in the game. If Amon Ra isn't there, they need some more pass catchers. So I like Gibbs this week to have a big week. Another guy that we think is going to have a big bounce back week. It's Alexander Madison against the Chargers running back 13 and running back 15 in our rankings. We need to remember he was a running back 16 in week one against the Buccaneers who have a good run defense on just 14 touches. So like, Let's relax. He had a terrible week, too, against a really hard Eagles defensive line. He had a fumble on national television. Yes. But, like, it's not that big of a disaster so far. It's not what we were expecting at all. But the matchups get much easier, especially this week against the Chargers. I expect this to be a super high-scoring game. I think there's going to be more running room for Alexander Madison. Now, the Vikings did trade for Cam Akers. Now, what they gave up was absolutely pathetic. It oh, was- my God. They swapped conditional seventh, 20. 26 seventh-round picks. Yeah. Like, what? Uh, yeah, I'm not worried about Cam Akers because, A, Sean McVay came out to say, there's no attitude issues with Cam Akers. Like, we just, you know. But if there's no attitude issues, then what's the problem? Like, what's the- you don't just give away a running back for absolutely nothing unless either you think he's completely done or there are some attitude problems. But, like, this is the second year in a row now where something weird has happened with Akers. I'm really not worried about Akers coming into this offense and stealing anything. I think they realize they're super thin at the position. I mean, it's Ty Chandler behind Alexander Madison. Yeah. Like, yeah, Cam Akers might get more work than Ty Chandler has, but – I still think this is Madison's team unless he just keeps sucking it up and then maybe they give Akers a chance. But like I said, the the schedule opens up. 
I believe in him. I think you can play him this week. Yeah, the Chargers ranked 29th among teams in PFF run defense grade. Uh, just one of 10 teams this season to allow five or more rush attempts of 10-plus yards through two weeks, allowing some of those explosive plays, which you love to see against a guy who – or, you know, for, for a guy who's kind of struggled with efficiency to this point. Um, scoring opportunities should be good, and the Chargers have, have you know, been atop the league in terms of allowing teams into the red zone for red zone drives. Like – all of the opportunity should be there. Um, and, you know, obviously news of the trade came on Wednesday. That's not a ton of time to, like, get acclimated. You know, they've probably already started prepping, I would hope, uh, their game plan for the week and, and you know, how they're going to utilize Alexander Madison. I wouldn't be surprised if Akers got in the mix and had a couple of touches, but I still think – this is a position for Alexander Madison. Yeah. And I mean, Cam Akers looked so bad week one. So we'll, so we'll see bad. what he looks like, but this doesn't make me excited about Cam Akers. And it really doesn't worry me all that much about Madison. What worries me about Madison is already the lower workload that not the snaps are great. He's playing a ton of snaps and no one else is really getting in. It's they're not running the ball very much. And when he does get the chance, he's been inefficient, but I'm going to, Put that on the two really bad matchups and hope things get better. That's what worries me more, way more than Cam Akers. I also think that, like, from a game plan perspective, this team needs to get the run going. Like, I know they haven't yet, and part of that's been due to that efficiency. But they need to turn it around because their defense can't hold up. And I think part of playing defense at this point is limiting – you know, the opposing offense's time on the field in any given matchup. And the way you do that is hashtag establish the run. Well, you know who hashtag established the run? Ooh, last week? I don't know who, but that was a smooth transition. It was the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. By Zach Moss. He goes off for 20 fantasy points, 100 plus scrimmage yards, touchdown. You love to see him get the workload the only running back in the Colts offense that got a snap yeah he played all but like two snaps I think maybe one snap I don't know he was all but one snap all but one snap yeah so you know this week he's going to play 95 percent of snaps again they don't trust anyone else Mm -mm. they and Zach Moss did a good job so I don't see why they would like why they wouldn't utilize him in the same way now I'll say I believe in him much more than you this week I have him at running back 14 you have him at running back 20. I don't think he's going to have uh, as great of a week as he had last week because he's got to play against the Texans last week, and now it's against the Ravens. Much harder matchup, but it's hard to not play a guy who you know is going to get that many snaps. And I will say, like, yeah, the Texans are going to lose this game. They're going to get down, but or not the Texans. The Colts are going to get down in this game uh, to the Ravens. But that just means Moss should see more targets. Like, he's a good receiving back. We know that. Gardner Minshew is expected to play. He was checking it down to Moss quite often in this game. So I expect if they were to get down, Moss is going to see more targets. He's still going to be on the field. And I I just – I love this usage for him. This is what we've been waiting for for, like, five years. (laughs) This is literally what we've been waiting for. And I I loved it. Uh, I think there were – you know, almost a little, you know, some little tears shed as he crossed that goal line. It felt good. We felt avenged and, and I loved it. Um, the 
the matchup against the Ravens does scare me a little bit more. But again, Joe from Mixon like put up 13 and a half fantasy points last week and only had 13 carries from a he volume perspective yards per carry against them. So it's not like the scariest matchup ever. No, but I, I also just, I, I think they're a good enough or a, I guess a bad enough matchup that I don't see it as a plus, but like RB 20, that's, that's a top. That's a RB two. But you're playing Zach Moss. You're just being a Zach Moss hater. No, RB14, baby. First time you've ever heard that. All right, we'll put a drink on the line for uh, RB15 or higher for Zach Moss. Okay. All right, if he's RB15. Well, no, I don't want to root against Zach Moss. I I mean, it's one sip of a drink. You don't have to root against him for that. Okay. All right. I just, don't you hope you have to take a sip for that next week? That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, Jerome Ford, we got to get into this conversation. So very unfortunate injury for Nick Chubb. Just a a gruesome, terrible injury to his knee that's going to keep him out the rest of the year. I hope we see him play football again. Yeah. Like it. I, he's had a serious knee injury on the same knee in college. He did come back the next two years and was good again. Right. But now this is the second huge injury, the same knee. Well, he's older, like older than he was in college. So we'll see what happens to Nick Chubb, but moving forward now, you know, a lot of people spent a waiver priority on Jerome Ford or use a bunch of their fab. If you're in a fab league on Jerome Ford. And then right after all of those claims (laughs) go through the team signs, Kareem hunt, which I do think Kareem hunt, He's been holding out to get a starting job because he's visited a lot of teams and he would have signed with those teams if he just wanted to just sign with a team and get paid. Like he clearly held out for a starting job. And I think that's what he thinks he's going to get here with the Browns. But this week could be a week where Jerome Ford gets more of the touches because Kareem Hunt's just getting back. I mean, he hasn't been playing football. He has to so he has to get back into real football shape. It might take some time. Yeah. The get unfortunate the unfortunate thing is the Browns play the Tennessee Titans this week. That I mean, is super unfortunate. That's just a super, super terrible matchup for running backs. The Titans are a really, really good run defense. And people wanted to ignore that last week with Josh Kelly and just throw him in because Austin Eckler was out. And it ended up being terrible for Josh Kelly. And I know Jerome Ford had that really long run against the Steelers, but I don't think the Titans missed those tackles. Like the no. only reason it happened, the Steelers had him bottled up. And for whatever reason, they just didn't tackle him. I don't, I don't know what happened, but he was getting stopped behind the line a lot. And I don't expect this to be a great performance from Ford. And also when they got near the goal line, Pierre strong came in. So that worries me as well. I'm not loving the Jerome Ford play. He's still a playable option. I have him around running back 23, 24. You have him around the same range. Like he's still a playable option. I'm just not expecting anywhere near Nick Chubb numbers. Like it's not just because Nick Chubb's out. You plug in Ford and you have a star. No, especially not against the Titans defense. Uh, So far this year, obviously small sample size, but this is a, a defense that was very strong against the run in 2022 averaging uh, opposing running backs averaging 2.65 yards per attempt against this defense. Um, You know, they've, they've, it's not like they haven't seen, you know, runs They're They're averaging almost 20 rush attempts defended per game. And they're still just, they're not allowing anything. There's no reason to target this matchup, especially I think before we see, 
how this usage is going to break down. If Kareem Hunt does get in the mix this, this week, I would expect it to be maybe in goal line situations and some of these really high value touches, you know, in an offense. He's, yeah, I, I think those are going to be the the sort of design plays you see for Kareem Hunt if we see much of him at all this week. I don't think we see much of him. But then even after that, I mean, it goes the Ravens, a bye week in the 49ers. So, I mean, at least over this next month, Kareem Hunt's going to be able to get into shape. And then the schedule really opens up for them, which is unfortunate. So I do think if you have your own forward on your team, it's not going to be the prettiest. You can play yeah. him if needed. Sorry about um, it. But I, I do think he, it's not going to be as good as you were hoping for. Um, moving on to another guy I just mentioned, Josh Kelly. So played the Titans last week. Yeah. Austin Eckler was out. He did play a ton of snaps, right? He was on the field a ton. That's what she wanted. Uh, he was terrible, but <laughs> I mean, it was it Josh Kelly. Cause Josh Kelly has been bad in his career, right? He had a really nice week one, but overall he's had a pretty bad career and, or was it just a Titans matchup? And I think it's more the Titans matchup I would lean and against the Vikings. We just saw DeAndre Swift destroy the Vikings defense. I do think Josh Kelly's a fine play this week. If Austin Eckler's out again. Yeah, absolutely. I'm totally willing to, to go back to the well there. I do believe I saw Austin Eckler did not practice on Wednesday. So yep. keep a close yep. eye on those practice reports, but much more willing to go back to Josh Kelly. Like this Titans defense is just one that, if I have a guy that's not an absolute stud, I'm not playing my running backs against this defense. Same goes for Dallas Cowboys. Like those are our defenses. I don't think you try to uh, target in any given situation unless it's a don't sit your studs kind of situation. Um, this is a moment I'm totally, totally willing to go back. Defense is averaging 4.77 yards. 4.77. I'm sorry. I like my decimals. You do. All right. We, we got to get through these running backs. 4.77 have... yards. One more attempt. running back to talk about. Sorry to cut you off there, but Tony Jones Jr. versus the Packers. Jamal Williams got hurt for the Saints, and Tony Jones Jr. came in there to uh, replace him. He did score two touchdowns. Fine. I, he's a complete touchdown or bust play. His efficiency was terrible. He's not a good running back. This de- the Packers defense is not an easy one. I don't expect Tony Jones to do anything besides possibly if they get at the one inch line, he can fall into the end zone. And if that happens, good for you. But that is the only way I think you're happy at the end of the day playing him. I think that's fine. But, uh, you know, to be fair, uh, Green Bay Packers allowing uh, so far the six most fantasy points to running backs against small sample size. But that has sort of been where they've been a little bit more beatable. But they played Bijan Robinson. Like, that's not fair. It's In two weeks, they played Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier. Like, I, I know in week one it was the Bears, but um, I'm not uh, – yeah, I'm not going to hold I don't, that. I'm not saying the they're, they're necessarily a matchup to target, I'm, but I am saying that I don't necessarily they're think they're unbeatable. Yeah, no, they're definitely an easier rush defense than they are pass defense. But – 
At the same time, does that mean Derek Carr can't move the ball down? The only way I see Tony Jones scoring anything is if they get near the goal line and he gets a carry. And Taysom Hill was stealing a ton of carries. So we'll talk about yeah. that in our tight end section. Yeah. Might be a sneaky play this week as the running back. He could be their lead running back this week. Uh, but let's let's get into the wide receivers, then we'll finish off with the tight ends. But got lots of good wide receivers uh, to talk about this week. They've kind of been all over the place. We've had some disappointing performances, specifically from A.J. Brown and Jamar Chase. Um, but towards the top of our list here at rankings, it's the usual suspects, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, C.D. Lamb, we both, I have it three, you have it four. We, we love his matchup. Stephon Diggs, like, yeah, you're playing all those guys. But we still have A.J. Brown in our top five. We don't care about his two down weeks. Or week one was okay, but we don't care about his down week last week. He gets the Buccaneers, and we think he's going to ball out against them. Yeah, the thing about A.J. Brown is, like, you look at the usage in comparison to Devonta Smith, and he's been so much less efficient with that usage. But the opportunity has been there for A.J. Brown. It's a matter of kind of, like, some of these just barely missed plays that, you know, could have gone for a touchdown. Like, there, it feels like, you know, misconnections with – AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts. I I think they have plenty of opportunity to get back. AJ Brown ranks seventh among wide receivers in targeted air yards percentage ahead of Devonta Smith. Has had four red zone targets, two end zone targets. Like the usage is there. It just has to click. And we've seen it click before. It's not like we're waiting for some yeah, relationship he, that's never been there like they these two had a very good connection and if Rashad Penny didn't hold he would have had a long touchdown last week and nobody would be worried uh but the Buccaneers are a good run defense and you can definitely beat them through the air so like I don't expect them to be able to run the ball 1,000 times like they did last year or last week uh against the Vikings and just run it with DeAndre Swift nonstop. they're gonna have to pass more AJ Brown would be fine I will say I finally moved. I say finally. It's only week three. I, I moved Puka Nakua into my top 10. I see you have not yet. You still have him at 14. I'm at eight. I think it's, I think he showed us two weeks in a row that you, he's going to get an absurd amount of targets. I mean, his first ever game, he gets 15 targets. So we thought that was crazy. And then in week two, against a really good defense of the 49ers, he gets 20 targets, catches 15 of them. And puts up 147 yards. He's already killing it for fantasy, and he hasn't even scored a touchdown yet. Imagine if he starts scoring touchdowns. This I don't know how at this point we just keep. We gotta just say, yeah. I mean, he's as long as Cooper Cup isn't back, he's gonna get maybe 15 t- targets a game. Absolutely insane. Yeah, it it is ridiculous, and you know, part of that I think goes to. A, Matthew Stafford is just some sort of wizard with wide receiver production, and you love to see it. Um, but also the, the volume for this passing attack is there. They currently The Rams currently rank second in the league with 93 pass attempts through two games. One of just four offenses that haven't had at least two passing touchdowns. But like you have to think that those are coming, and yeah, you're going to play Puka Nakua if he's averaging over 17 targets per game. Yeah, absolutely. Freak. We still have Jamar Chase ranked inside our top 10. And I don't know if we should. Like, is this just because we see the name Jamar Chase so we can't move him out? Because Probably. Because we're saying you can't play Joe Burrow. 
but you we we do have Javar Chase in our top 10 and we still have I mean I, I have T Higgins as my wide receiver 16 you have him as a wide receiver 18 T Higgins had a really nice week last week uh two touchdowns. two touchdowns right yeah and still Joe Burrow wasn't very good for fantasy but Jamar Chase hasn't done much of anything I do think at this point you you just keep playing the wide receivers these two wide receivers, because they're so talented, because they can come down with a big play, because you, just because your wide receivers did well does not mean you've done good for fantasy. No, but I like I would say this is the circumstance where like it's very hard to sit T Higgins, very hard to sit Jamar Chase. But if you are playing one of these receivers, that's where you go for higher upside plays elsewhere. Elsewhere and kind of. Like you, you probably or have to you go safer plays because these are your upside plays. They are your upside plays, but like it, mm. <laughs> it's just it's hard. But you gotta just keep. But I think they're too studly. The way that I'm Mar Chase is too studly not to play. The way that I'm looking at it is like I'm projecting low volume or you know low production from these two guys. So yeah, I want to have some some boom potential elsewhere. I know they have boom potential but i mean right now i'm not projecting them to actually be all that productive so. yeah that's unfortunate but we'll see if joe burrow how he looks health-wise and then we'll decide from there after week three we'll make another judgment call next week let's hope that the Bengals offense just gets back up and running and smooth uh you believe that calvin ridley will have a nice bounce back week against the texans defense you have him ranked all the way up at wide receiver 11 i am him down at wide receiver 20 he had a down game in week two after having a monster week one performance it's not because i'm down on calvin ridley i, I think his numbers will go back up i don't like the matchup at all against the texans i yeah i'm not this isn't a matchup that I'm necessarily trying to target. This is just how much I believe in Calvin Ridley as his team's wide receiver. But do you think one. there's enough targets to go around in this game? Like Christian Kirk got so many targets. Evan Ingram's getting a lot of targets. There's still Zay Jones. And you're talking about a game that we expect them to be able to run all over the place. And that's why teams just – that's why wide receivers don't do much at all against the Texans. Over the Texans' last 10 games – they have allowed three wide receivers to even score 15 PPR fantasy points. It was Tyree Kill. He scored exactly 15 points. Juju Smith-Schuster, he had 10 receptions and put up 16.8 points. Again, you get a point per reception, and he still only put up 16.8 points. And then Zay Flowers in week one, he had 10 targets, nine receptions, 17.7 fantasy points. That was the best fantasy performance they've allowed to a wide receiver over the last 10 games. I just don't know if Kellen Ridley is going to have that type of target share in this matchup. I think that's fair. But again, this, this comes down to me for my belief in Calvin Ridley, like for him, it, like I don't like the matchup against and I still the have secondary him at wide receiver 20. So I'm still saying play him. It's just, I, I don't think he has a super high ceiling this week. I think that's fair. It, the thing about Calvin Ridley though, is that it takes pretty much one play and, and you're in that, like he doesn't, he doesn't need, that same volume um you know it's it's one play and it could be for a touchdown and there's your points for the week and that just comes down to my belief in calvin ridley and and his efficiency his ability to be targeted downfield um but yeah i mean i've i've been super high on this this houston defense but calvin with Whid- whitley 
wins out, baby. <laughs> uh, you know who you hate this week? Mike Evans. Mike Evans, wide receiver 21 against the Eagles. Are you expecting the Buccaneers to be able to pass on the Eagles like a, or run on the Eagles? I'm confused because puts up 171 yards in a touchdown in week two, has 10 targets in a, re- a touchdown in week one. Like, what else do you want this guy to do? I need, like, one more week of seeing that this Bucks offense is for real. Because I'm, con- like... But they don't even have to be for real this week. I think they're going to... I mean, either... Are you just go- banking on... I, on- I, I, I think there's two options here. Either the Buccaneers' offense is for real and somehow Baker Mayfield can stay up and, and pace it with the Eagles' offense and is scoring points, or they get down by a lot, and he has to just start chucking it up to Mike Evans. But the Eagles secondary is dealing with injuries. They allowed uh, what Mac Jones to put up a ton of yards and three touchdowns against them in week one. And then Kirk Cousins had four touchdowns and 300 something yards against them uh, last week. So, yeah, I, I expect Baker to hit Mike Evans again deep. They seem to have a really strong connection. I know. I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop with this offense. Like, I'm going to keep riding it out. And if the shoe drops, the shoe drops. Because you're always going to have some bad performances out of wide receivers or like anyone you have. But uh, I think I'm too low on Mike Evans. I have him at wide receiver 12. And I think that's too low. Ooh, that's um, that's high. It's not high, though. It's low for what okay. he's done. Okay. Okay. So are you moving Mike Evans up? Oh, we got to do a Mike Evans, Maybe. Calvin Ridley bet for sure. That's happening. Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley. You can't go, oh, you have Mike Evans ranked well below Calvin Ridley. Do you believe in your rankings or not? You just used the word belief for Calvin Ridley about 20 times. Do you have belief in Calvin Ridley or not? I do. Okay. So Calvin Ridley versus Mike Evans. Okay. Okay. Write it down. You're going down. Oh, and two again this week. Okay. I am super high on uh, Amari Cooper this week for whatever reason. I don't know. It doesn't feel great. I have him as a wide receiver 14. You have him down at wide receiver 24. The reason why I have Amari Cooper high. It was like the matchup, right? Yeah, it's the matchup. And I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball very much without Nick Chubb. Even with Nick Chubb, it would have been hard to run the ball against the Titans, but he would have gotten it done and they would have fed him. I don't know if Jerome Ford gets it done and if they'll feed him. Here's the thing, though. This passing offense is hot, steamy garbage. Yeah, but they, you know, they were hot, steamy garbage last week, and they're still getting a lot of yards, right? And Amari Cooper still had a good fantasy day. and he was, He's getting targets. It's just it. what sucks is that. Ten targets in week two. I know, but it feels like his targets are worth about, like, half of what a, a normal target would be worth. So, like, 10 targets a week, too, you divide that by two, and you get five targets, which would be fairly average. I don't for... think that's fair. There Amari is... Cooper, he's tied to one of the worst performing quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And I say one of because there is a certain quarterback in Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pennsylvania, who is playing somehow worse. Well, there's also Zach Wilson. Like, I don't know. Zach Wilson might might take the cake from them this week. Who knows? But the quarterback play is atrocious. Like Deshaun Watson looks. He still lost. hit Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper still put up a really good. I say really good. A solid fantasy day against the Steelers in a disastrous game. I do expect the tight or the Browns have to throw a lot on the Titans. The Titans secondary stinks. 
I like Amari Cooper this week. I think you can play. If you have him on your roster, if you can't play him in this game, then I don't know what you're holding on to him for. Like, you can play him. Play Amari Cooper in this matchup. I mean, I think he's fine. I have a wide receiver 24. That's a, a wide receiver 2, low-end wide receiver 2. Like I also think Amari Cooper outscores uh, Calvin Ridley. Jeez. Sorry. No. You know, you know who I also think could outscore Calvin Ridley this week, but no. I don't feel as confident about it, but I love Jordan Addison. Woo! I mean, this is just a Vikings podcast at this point. Vikings fantasy podcast. Because yeah. the Vikings give us a lot of fantasy points, and we love that. We love that. Uh, I love for that them, for, me. for us. Yeah. But again, this matchup against the Chargers should be super high scoring. Yes, Justin Jefferson is going to be amazing. And I do think Alexander Madison will get more opportunities, especially around the goal line. But Jordan Addison through two games, 61 yards and a touchdown in week one, 67 yards and a touchdown in week two. And he's only played 35 snaps and 37 snaps over those two games. It's like super efficient. So much room to improve and to ball out even more. And I'm happy with those performances. Those performances make him a wide receiver 20 already. So you're playing him knowing he has so far a pretty nice floor. And he, I think he also has a massive ceiling. So in this matchup, I, I think Jordan Addison is pretty much a must play. Yeah, like we said, over-under for this game, 54 points. That is a lot of points. That's going to be a scoring bonanza. And I like. I don't think this is one of those things where Vegas just has the line wrong. I feel like there's actually going to be this many points scored because these defenses are not good. Um, and the Chargers secondary has not been good. And, yeah, Jordan Addison as, like, the third receiving option should still see a crap ton of targets. And should be very efficient with those targets, especially if they are going to devote proper resources to covering Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson. Like, yeah, I'll take Jordan Addison as like the quote unquote, like least threatening of those, those, that group. But yeah, he's still a pretty darn big threat. Uh, one guy I'm higher on than you is Jerry Judy this week. I know he let down a lot of people last week. It was his first game back from the hamstring injury. He only played just over 35% of the snaps in week two, but he still had five targets on those 35% of snaps. So I do expect his workload to increase greatly. I mean, that happens with a lot of guys their first week back. They don't just throw them in, especially with a hamstring injury. You didn't want him to re-aggravate it. So I do think his snap count starts to slowly increase. He's clearly Russell. He was clearly Russell Wilson's favorite target at the end of last year. He averaged over 90 receiving yards per game from weeks 14 through 18 and was the wide receiver three in fantasy during that span. I do expect, like I brought up with Russell Wilson, I expect the Broncos to have to throw a lot to keep up with the Dolphins offense. I expect Jerry Judy to have a really solid game. And another one other guy I'm believing in more than you, but I believed in him last week when you didn't was Ooh. Gabe Davis. I, I still think he, I think in this offense this year, he's going to have nice weeks. And as long as the matchup isn't super hard, like it was in week one against the jets, I'm going to keep throwing him in for the upside. So I, I like, if you want to throw in Gabe Davis, I'm down for it. One guy you really love this week and I'm getting on board as well is Zay flowers against the Colts. Yeah. The Colts are going to be, the wide like the the same kind of matchup that I thought the Rams were going to be that's what the Colts yeah. actually are they're going to be the wide receiver matchup to target all year long um Zay Flowers has looked outstanding as you know a rookie through two games obviously limited sample size but 
OBJ dealing with an ankle injury. Who knows, like, how bad it is. John Harbaugh was kind of a weirdo when asked about it and was playing coy. He was like, oh, I don't know. I'll let you know if he ends up on IR. Like, but just the fact that he even went that route tells me doesn't sound great for, you know, OBJ in, in week three, but who knows. Um, facing, you know, a, a unit that's had a bottom five PFF coverage grade, along the second most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers through the first two weeks, third most receiving yards, one of four defenses in the league that have allowed four more receiving touchdowns to wide receivers through the first two weeks of the season. Like, chef's kiss. Oh, yeah. All right, let's end this show with our tight end rankings because a shocker, Tight ends are disgusting this year. I mean, why do we why do we hype ourselves up that every year tight ends can be better? And then they're just gross. Great question. They're always just gross, right? Uh, TJ Hawkinson's balling out. We love that for him. But obviously, you're playing your Kelsey, Hawkinson, Andrews. Evan Ingram has been solid enough. Like You just keep throwing him in there, right? Yeah. Compared to all these other tight ends, you're happy if you took Evan Ingram. But Hunter Henry is a guy that's well outperformed his draft costs. Love that. Very much so. And I'm very happy because I had I, I drafted him. Anywhere I didn't take Kelsey, it kind of just waited, and I drafted Hunter Henry super late. So I'm happy with that. But you, this week, are much higher on him than I am. You have him as a tight end five. I'm at 10. I'm worried about the matchup against the Jets. You're not. I, I think it's very fair to be worried about the matchup. But if I'm Bill Belichick, which I'm not, but if I were, I'd be more concerned about targeting these wide receivers that maybe I wouldn't feel as comfortable with on the outside than I would, you know, feeling hesitant to target Hunter Henry over the middle. Like, I I think that's a better matchup than anything you're going to get on the outside in coverage. Um, You know, second most on the targets or second most targets on the team behind Kendrick Bourne. Leads the team in receiving yards. He's had two red zone targets. He caught both of them. Like it, the the touchdown potential is there. Uh, this Jets defense just allowed two touchdowns last week to Jake Ferguson, Luke Schumacher with the Dallas Cowboys. Like two, you know, relatively inexperienced tight ends. You got one rookie, one one sophomore NFL player, and I, I just expect Bill Belichick is going to feature this matchup over the crap you're going to get on the outside. Like, it's not like you have Stefan Diggs on the outside going against Sauce Gardner. Sure. Throw it up. Let's see what he can do. I'm not doing that for Kendrick Bourne. I'm not doing that for Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm not doing that for any of these wide receivers. And I, I just think if any point of attack is there, it's going to be over the middle. I love it. I hope he continues to ball out. I am a little bit lower, but yeah, I, I would still be okay playing him. I just don't expect a huge week from Henry this week. Sam Laporta, mm. rookie tight end for the Lions, gets the Falcons. So it's a nice tight end matchup. Sam Laporta's the fantasy tight end four on the season so far. Nuts. He's one of five tight ends to have a uh, hundred plus receiving yards through the first two weeks. He's right there with Hawkinson and Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, and Darren Waller. Those are the five guys that have 100-plus yards. Listen, he's being utilized. And with Amon Ra dealing with an injury, he might even see more targets. But no tight end is averaging more yards per route run than him among guys that have run at least 30 routes this year. Fallen out. He's doing amazing. Uh, you know, ranked second on the team in, in receptions through two games. 
you have to imagine that even if Amonor St. Brown isn't, you know, if he's playing, maybe not 100%, like you're going to look elsewhere, especially if he's not able to generate that separation. It is a toe injury, which we know can affect, you know, push off can affect some of that efficiency and movement in wide receivers, which can be critical to separation. Um, you just really got to like what you've seen out of him so far. Been efficient just in general, like across the league, let, a, let alone what he's doing, you know, for a rookie tight end. Yeah, absolutely. So Sam Laporta, if he's still for whatever reason on your waivers, pick I, him up. doubtful, but pick him up. Like the only reason he shouldn't be picked up is if you had Kelsey or Hawkinson or something, yeah. but pick up Laporta. Hayden Hurst. I want to talk about him. I have him as my tight end nine, and you do not have him anywhere close to that. You don't even have him in your top 20. I, I love Hayden Hurst. There's nothing long. to love about Hayden Hurst. <laughs> I just want to mention. Opportunity. You love opportunity. He he played the Saints last week. After his week one, you know, good fantasy performance and PPR at least, but had seven targets, 41 receiving yards, a touchdown in week one. He led the team in all, all those categories. Then he played the Saints, and you cannot play tight ends against the Saints. They're no. shut down against tight ends. They just are. They have been for a while now. So, yeah, Hayden Hurst didn't do anything against the Saints. But now he gets the Seahawks, who have been very fantasy-friendly to tight ends over the last two seasons. I think, again, like Bryce Young needs more people to pass to, and Hayden Hurst is, seems to be a guy he really relies on. So I do think in a full PPR league, you can throw him in to your lineup, and he's going to be – it's not going to be anything exciting – but he's going to get it done. You know who has not gotten it done whatsoever? Who? Pat Farmuth. He has yeah. two receptions for five yards. He, Boy. One, of those, one of those two receptions did go for a touchdown. Thank goodness if you were playing him. At <laughs> you least cannot, he got you something. But you cannot play Pat Farmuth. What is going point. on? I mean, I was not high in Pat Farmuth at all this year, but I didn't know it was going to be like this low of usage. What's scary is that the Steelers through two weeks – rank seventh in the league with the most pass attempts, 76 pass attempts. Just five of those have gone to Friermuth. Um, ranks 22nd among all tight ends and route, r- routes run. Um, so, like, he's he is playing. He's on the field. He's running routes, but he's not getting the targets, which I think is just indicative of, like, the state of this offense, right? Like, the connection, which I think has looked really strong between Kenny Pickett and Pat Fryermuth, like you're not even seeing him. Well, Kenny Pickett doesn't know how to throw over the middle. That's except for when there's a slant, and he. It's. I mean, they're always terrible. He does not know how to throw a pass on a slant. I've he does not know how to lead a receiver. Struggle on a slant so hard in my life, but over the middle, he doesn't know how to look at unless it was a called play for a slant, and it's the first read he'll throw to it. But Pat Fryermuth's not out there running slants over the middle, like tight ends just find space over the middle and Pickett's not going to find that, I guess. He didn't struggle this hard last year. Like Pickett somehow looked better as a rookie than he does in his second year. I'm wondering how much Darnell Washington in the mix like changes this a little bit. So looking at where he's playing out of, he's playing traditional like inline tight end more than he has in years past. He's at 80% of snaps inline compared to 58 and 60% in years prior. Um, playing a lot less out of the slot. You're seeing kind of Allen Robinson take over that role. Um, I, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but that's kind of like the one thing I keep going back and I'm like, well, that's 
that's the one thing that's a little bit different right now than we've seen before. And, you know, Pat Fryermuth wasn't 100% heading into this matchup, got banged up on that touchdown reception in week one uh, with a chest injury. Don't know if that, like, he wasn't on the final injury report. Don't know if he was limited at all. But, no, you cannot play so this is the Pat thing, Fryer right? Is. There's just not a lot of tight ends out there, and we thought we got a class. We thought we got a good class with Pat Fryermuth and Kyle Pitts a couple years back. I'm completely out on Kyle Pitts, though. So if you have to play one of these guys, because there's not there's not really tight ends out there, I don't know which one I would choose. A, but let's just talk about Kyle Pitts for a second. So Pitts has now had three or fewer receptions in ten of his last twelve games played. That's bad. Ten of his last ten of twelve games played since the start of last year. So we're going all the way back to the beginning of last year. Now he's had three or fewer receptions in ten of twelve games. Never more than five receptions. He has scored seven or fewer PPR points in nine of his last twelve games. Yikes! Like he is unusable. And if he's on the waivers or on a different team or just on my bench or whatever, and he goes off for his 18 points in one week. Fine. I don't care about you're losing so many games to hopefully one time that he helps you. And that's not even winning you like an 18 point performance from a tight end. Yeah, that's great. And it'll help you out. But that's like in a full PPR league. That's not going to make the, a huge difference where it's a game league winner and you're doing all this just in hopes that he can have one of those weeks while he's completely destroying you every single week. That's the thing about having drafted Kyle Pitts as highly as you did. You're going to, I don't know how much more you need to see they're not going to use him. Again, maybe one game he'll come out and surprise us and be utilized, but they're not going to use him. So with Pat Fryermuth and Kyle Pitts, you, you might just have to play your Hayden Hurst over over him. Like Hayden Hurst is out there. You I know would rather had, play Hayden Hurst. You know who's had many more games of seven or more PPR points who? than Kyle Pitts in that span? Who? Taysom Hill. That's who I was going to bring up. Taysom Hill. <laughs> I mean, with Jamison Williams or uh, Jamal Williams dealing with the hamstring injury and going to be out, you only have Tony Jones, right? And maybe Kendra Miller comes back. But Taysom Hill saw nine carries last week, 75 yards. is way better than Tony Jones. But I do I couldn't see them playing him way more in this game, utilizing him as that running back, utilizing him around the goal line. He even came in and threw a pass. So if he's out there more for snaps, maybe he gets to throw some. Maybe he scores a, a passing touchdown. But his designation is a tight end. You can plug him into your yeah. tight end role, and you're getting a guy that – might play some running back, might play some quarterback. He's not going to play any tight end. Like he, he's not no. going to be over. He's going to do everything but play tight yeah, end. He's not going to catch any passes, but the running and uh, passing he might do. So I do think he could be a sneaky play this week. I really like Taysom Until Hill. Until Alvin Kamara comes back, which is the week after Taysom Hill. Yeah. Good play this week. One of my like low key favorite plays. Um, Rather play him than Kyle Pitts or Pat Fryermuth. Seven games of 10 or more PPR points dating back to last year. And he doesn't even catch anything. So that's great. He's not getting any (laughs) point per reception because he's not catching any balls. Yeah. um, That's, that's crazy. Uh, One more, uh, you have one more kind of sleeper tight end for anybody who's suffering right now. Who is it? This is the issue is that it could be one of two guys. It can be John Bates or Cole Turner. They're both tight ends for the commanders. So Logan Thomas had that nasty hit uh, dealing with a concussion 
with the how hard he was hit and his age and his concussion history, I very much doubt he's ready to go this week. That would seem like pushing him really fast. I will say Cole Turner and Sam Howell had a super strong connection in the preseason. We have seen preseason does not matter um, by the Steelers as an example. You really had to go there. Yeah, I did. But Cole Turner was a guy that Sam Howell loved in the preseason, and he's really liked passing to Logan Thomas this year. He's giving him a ton of targets. So clearly Sam Howell likes a tight end position. The issue is that when Logan Thomas went out, John Bates actually saw more snaps than Cole Turner, that he had 22 offensive snaps to uh, Cole Turner's 13. But – both had some targets. Both had some receiving yards. The issue is I don't know which one to pick. So I do think one of them is going to end up having a pretty nice – and it's a hard matchup against the Bills, though, too. This but, might be one of those things where you, like, throw them into a DFS lineup. DFS lineup, yeah. I don't think you can trust them in your regular fantasy lineup unless you're extremely, extremely desperate. But in DFS, if you want to plug in either John, John Bates or Cole Turner and get crazy – I do think one of them could end up getting a, a decent amount of targets and coming through. Yeah, Sam Howell seems to just like targeting the tight end position in general. So I think whoever, like this week especially. Micah Hyde's dealing with an injury too. Safety for the Bills. Yeah, I I think it's a, a fine play. But I would not be brave enough to proceed if it weren't. Hey, I'm not dropping GFS. anybody to pick these guys up. You know, if it was just Cole Turner and we knew he was going to get all the snaps or even just John Bates, I would consider it uh, in case this is a long-term absence from Logan Thomas. But with these, both of them splitting snaps, it's too hard to trust them. But DFS, just keep them in your mind. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. That's it. We got through all of our rankings. Uh, We have lots of stuff that comes out during the week that you can read. I have my fire and ice coming out on thegameday.com on Thursdays. Go check that out. I also have a buy low sell highs comes out on friday on nfl.com kate where can they check out your work i uh, got fades over at yahoo fantasy coming out on thursday um got weekend in case of emergency waiver wire targets Ooh, like uh for fridays like smash glass in case of emergency we're talking we're talking some filthy plays uh, like this is <laughs> like this is not Col- your mama grandmama's fantasy football lineup like some Cole play- Turner plays yeah like Cole Turner might make the list this week no I'm kidding um but yeah check it out over over on PFF over on Yahoo I'll be posting on Twitter all yeah And if you have any questions before the weekend, hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at Bob Blastem, Bob Blast E-M. And you can find me, Kate, at Kate Majuk. Bye, y'all. Bye.